0: Good evening. You're listening to KZSM 104.1 LPFM, San Marcos, Texas. This is a special edition tonight of We the People here on KZSM.org. And in the studio with me, we have Nicholas Castillo. And uh, he is running for Justice of the Peace. And it is place one. Is it one or two, Nicholas? That was the thing that I always forget. Is it? Because in San Marcos, we have two justices of the peace, and Mm -hmm. you have, uh, in place one, you have one and two. Mm -hmm. So you are, it is, the official title for this one is? 1.1. 1.1. There you go. And, um... So, you are currently on the, uh, tell us about what you're doing currently, and then just give the folks here in the community uh, just the basics about what you're running, and a uh, little bit about uh, your history.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, pleasure being here tonight. Thank you for having me. Um, so, my involvement in the community thus far has a wide range of nuances um, currently, Um, I am serving on the chief's advisory panel for San Marcos Police Department. I have been doing that for the last three years. Um, I also serve as the criminal justice liaison for the Hayes County Crime Stoppers. Um, I serve as the young alumni representative for the Texas State Alumni Association Board of Directors. Oh, Lee, what else? Um, (laughs) Centro Cultural Hispano de San Marcos. I am a Board of Directors as well there. guatemal hall i'm also a member of there as well too um and the latest one that i have been appointed to was is the hayes county historical commission so that one is a little bit outside of my wheelhouse um it's kind of why i wanted to do it it's it's history related i do have a minor in history so it's kind of a new way to to learn all the rich history that we just have here in hayes county and so you do all of these things on top of what do you do during the day So, full-time, I am currently the legal assistant supervisor at the Hayes County District Attorney's Office. I have been in that office since 2014, Um, and so I have been a supervisor for the last seven years. And so it gives
0: you know it gives you a little bit of background about mm-hmm. you know you are familiar with the process and what you're doing. And as we've talked before on the show, is that the justice of the peace in the state of Texas, there are, really aren't any requirements for you, to, you know, that doesn't say that you have to have a law degree or anything else, but it is the go to for when you have issues in your community. It's kind of like small claims court it in is. a way, but they handle more than just that. The Justice of the Peace handles uh, anything from evictions to any uh, uh, small um, uh, fines for speeding, for traffic violations, for mm-hmm. all sorts of different things mm-hmm. that are outside, Some a lot of times are outside the city and sometimes are within the city of San Marcos mm-hmm. or the area, you know, whatever city in their jurisdiction. But um, And then also get called out at nights to declare someone deceased. So you are
1: on call 724
0: for this job, right?
1: That is correct. And, you know, that that's one of the things that my family is really 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 aware of I'm really aware of and they're really supportive of it you know I don't think any of the people running for elected positions couldn't do it without their family support so my family really does understand the dedication that I have to it and they know that I'm I'm gonna have to give up some weekends here and there to to do and my job and what I'm supposed to do if I get elected into this position so
0: and so What made you decide to run in this position? Because there is an incumbent and, Mm -hmm. you know, this is, uh, you know, this is a democratic primary and you're running against an incumbent in the democratic primary, which Mm -hmm. uh, that usually doesn't happen usually in races in
1: a county. So why, what's different with the dynamics of this race? You know, I think for the last four years, I set out this goal for me to, to run for JP and, um, you know, again, with my family support, they were really supportive of it, and I I think in this position, um, I bring a little bit more knowledge, um, especially with my criminal justice degree that I have, um, working with the district attorney's office as well, too. I'm familiar with the laws, Um, and also currently in my position, I do get to work with the prosecutors that handle the class C cases um, with all the JP courts. It's not just one of them, so um, you know, I've gone out and I visited all the JPs. I send out the discovery for those cases as well too, to those cases that have defense attorneys. so i'm I'm familiar with the system. I know the records management system as well, too. Um, you know, so it's an easy transition for me to go from where I'm currently am to being able to go in and work in that records management system and be hands-on with the staff there if I get into this position.
0: So how many justice uh, of the pieces do we have justice the peace? Uh, JP courts do we have in the county uh, in Hayes County?
1: So we have five precincts all altogether. Um, and like you mentioned earlier, um, precinct one, which is encompasses San Marcos, has two JPs. Um, precinct two, which is Kyle, just got um, the new position mm-hmm. of JP 2-2. Two, two, so there's two in that precinct. Um, and then you have one in Wimberley, one in Dripping, and one in Buta as well, too. So seven altogether, um, but five precincts. But about five precincts. So, mm-hmm. you know, just so folks
0: understand that, you know, you're, you're covering an area, and it's not just geographically for San Marcos, this is a geographic in, within the county of Hayes. So, uh, uh, you know, generally. Generally. Well, we'll take it there. Um, so what is the key thing that you see that is changing with regards to the justice of the peace positions over the years as we've grown in the Hayes County? And as uh, things are changing, you know, you've seen some different you see a lot that comes down through with the uh, uh, with the D.A.'s office. Mm-hmm. But what are some of the, the some of the things that are coming up that are the, the headwinds, so to speak, I guess, that are are that
1: are the challenges, I think, are probably a
0: better way to put it?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, challenges wise, you know, a lot of people say that I don't have the experience, which, you know, I, I don't have the experience being JP. No one really has experience being JP unless you've come from a different county where you're already JP. Uh, but, you know, the fortunate thing is, you know, we have the, the training school that we go to and we keep up with our training. So they do teach you how to become a JP, um, you know, and and a lot of the things, too, with that is the the reason why I'm running is accessibility, really. Um, currently, the JP 11 office is closed to the public on Friday. So if you personally go to the JP 11 office at the Hayes County Government Center, um, there's a sign on the door that says, please call this number. Um, staff will help you out over the phone, but you won't be able to do any in-person filing. Um, you know, while, while I, I will give credit where credit is due, they do have all the forms online, and you can file a case online as well, too, and you can complete that process online. Uh, but a lot of people don't have access to internet computers, so, you know, sometimes they do need to handle business in person. Well, and part of that
0: was during COVID that there was a lot of office shutdown, and then we we have about uh, a lot of discussion that is still going on after the COVID, you know, before COVID, after COVID, um, we were having the discussions about people being in the office and Mm -hmm. how much remote work can you do and and is that a help to to be doing things remotely and i Mm -hmm. think that's where this is still coming out of covid Mm -hmm. this is where the the the, the, we're at is my
1: assumption Mm -hmm. and and i and i do agree I, i think covid did shift the courts into the right direction with moving towards technology with zoom um, you know, but again, a lot of people don't have access to internet or computers, mm-hmm. so you, you have to accommodate those people that need to come in in person and do an in person docket. And you know, I, I want to do a combination of both of those, and I also want to look at doing um, night courts on Zoom for again those people that can't take off work Monday through Friday from eight to five, and they, they can at least appear on Zoom if needed at night. Do we currently have any of the uh, JP courts with Night Court at all? No, we don't. And a lot of it has to do with staffing with security that they have to have there as well, too, if it was an in-person docket. But to my knowledge, no, none of the JP courts currently have Night Court. But what would be the advantage of having that Night Court
0: for the people of Hayes County?
1: I think the advantage would again be allowing those people that have a eight to five job, if they needed to come in in person, to come into court in person instead of having to take off from work. They may or may not have the time. Um, they may or may not have childcare, um, you know, and and so that would allow those people to come in in person after five um, to take care of business and handle their whatever they need to do with the JP courts. And. And so that's
0: one change that you'd like to to put into place. What are some other things that you think can be improvements to the process that we have in the J.P. courts?
1: Um, another improvement, I, th- I think, um, it, it stems from the accessibility. It, it's having the J.P.s more available to the other precincts that we have. And, you know, working as a team, because it, it's not going to be just a solo job for me. Um, I come from a team environment. I've always had a team aspect with me. And, you know, if one of the other JP judges is out of town, um, it, it's just assisting them and allowing them to come out and, and doing their inquest or handling whatever business that you can handle as being um, a representative for the whole precinct as well, too. All right. Sorry, just taking my my oh. social media pictures here, They're so we can put those
0: out for everybody. <laughs> and yeah, it's radio, folks. Yes, but we do have to we do have to acknowledge that we do need some social media pictures. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to me with the shift you talked about the Zoom, mm-hmm. and that does help in some ways, mm-hmm. but it makes it much more difficult mm-hmm. for people that it's okay. I need to show up in court and now you can be anywhere but you still have to figure out how to do that zoom mm-hmm. and i know i had one situation where i just couldn't get it right with mm-hmm. my connection where i was at i was having problems you know tethering to a phone and mm-hmm. doing that and, and setting it up and it skipped right on past me and i had to i had to scramble yeah. you know and i it's so i do see i guess if you want to talk to this, is that in my mind, I see a, uh, this widening gap between those that have the technology or the ability to use that technology and being able to have access or that the rights that all of us have mm-hmm. in order to have a fair, speedy
1: trial mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I mean, like I said, I I don't want to do away with the Zoom. I think Zoom is a good tool for the JP courts to use. You know, some people are scared of the court. They they may not have court clothes to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, they may just have 15 minutes to take a break and, and hop on the Zoom call. You know, so the Zoom does help. But again, I think, you know, we got to use a good combination. We got to kind of go back to doing a little bit of in-person stuff because sometimes, you know, People don't take the message as well over over a phone or mm-hmm. Zoom, you know. You lose that sense of empathy and that connection with with the community that you're serving as well too.
0: Well, and that's true. It's that you and I are sitting here, we're face to face, I can read you, but mm-hmm. the folks that are listening in may not see that. It's so mm-hmm. just a, a you know, this is technology, this is what we do. We try to convey that in our in our voices. Mm-hmm. But it is difficult, you know, when you're not one on one in the and I don't know, to me that kind of goes back to roots of our republic you know for for going back throughout the years mm-hmm. it has always been that you have you come into court and you meet the person in court that is your you know that mm-hmm. your adversary you mm-hmm. know, so to speak mm-hmm. so i don't, don't know but that's uh, just i just want to get your take and a little bit of feel on right, that yeah. side of it um i'm going to I'm going to take a quick break here in just a minute, Uh, and I guess when we come back, I'll get you thinking about this one a little bit, is that you're currently in the district attorney's office, and you're seeing the changes that... Uh, with a new district attorney, uh, with uh, Mr. Higgins, that mm-hmm. is uh, now been there a year. Mm-hmm. And I may want to talk a little bit about some of the changes that you're seeing with the way that we're going at things here in Hayes County, mm-hmm. uh, with the prosecuting, with what we're looking. And there's a there's a backlog. We've mm-hmm. got a bad problem in the county with a backlog. So let's talk about that when we come back. Okay. And uh, you are listening here to a special edition of We the people i have nicholas castillo is here with us and he is running for justice of the peace place one uh and uh 1.1 1. 1, i yeah, guess precinct one, dash, one place, one, the precinct so. one, place <laughs> one there we are i still <laughs> and i've i've only been doing this i don't know how many years here in the county i should know these things uh but uh we're gonna take a quick station id break we're gonna be right back with you thank you for tuning in tonight and uh if you have any questions or anything that you'd like to address, you can contact us through our social media or KCSM San Marcos at Gmail. Send me a quick email, and we'll uh, get your question on tonight. And we're back with you here in the studio. Uh, this is Rob Burke, your host, and this is Political Commentary Show. The views expressed on this show are those of the host, the guests, and not necessarily those of KCSM or SMTX CRA, and also that uh, KCSM SMTX CRA that we as a FCC uh, licensee, we do have to have fair and equal time for any political uh, statements or anyone that is running for political office so that if uh, anyone is out there that would like to be on the air and be on the show, please contact us, Marcos at gmail.com, and we will do our best to get you on and to accommodate your time here so that you can be heard by our community here on Community Radio. And, Nicholas, thanks for coming in tonight. We've been working, talking about scheduling. We've been going (laughs) back and forth, but I'm glad to have you here. And uh, we've also, you know, we go... Also, I get regular emails from you about what's going on out at the uh, uh, San Marcos CISD, mm-hmm. which I, I do appreciate that. Mm-hmm. gives me some things to talk about on the show mm-hmm. and, and let people know about things that they need to know with regards to the, the school district. Oh, yeah. What? So we're going to come on back. I talked about before that a lot of changes here within the DA's office mm-hmm. uh, here uh, this year. With Mr. Higgins coming on board, and there was a backlog, a -hmm. bad backlog of a lot of cases. Part of that had to do with the uh, uh, with COVID. Part of that had to do with just the we've just our jails are full. And we've got to do something about that. And so I think that was a direction that, you know, uh, Mr. Higgins has taken us. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, what are some other things being under Kelly that uh, you think uh, you're seeing some trends or seeing some changes?
1: Yeah. I mean, Kelly came in with a whole different mentality. He was a defense attorney before. And he really did bring a great first assistant along with him, uh, Mr. Greg Cox, as well. Um, you know, they came into the office. They saw the backlog. They, they saw how backlogged we were. And what they did is, you know, they kind of sat back for a little bit, watched the process and kind of how we were, we were working our cases. And then they sat down with um, the supervisors and they're like, what's working? What doesn't work? And, you know, we kind of expressed to them that, you know, we as legal assistants are a little bit overworked because there's so much stuff that we have to do. Um, before the legal assistants were responsible for um, being assigned to our prosecutors, going to docket with our prosecutors, um, sending out the evidence to defense attorneys for our prosecutors as well, too. Um, You know, and so now what Greg and Kelly have done, they have kind of split into multiple divisions. What we have now kind of what we were already doing. So we went from a division of three to a division of five, Mm. So now we have um, an intake division which is just responsible for bringing in the shell of the cases. Um, once that shell is brought in, it kind of has the general information on what make a. Make
0: sure that everything, you know, mm-hmm. make sure all the boxes are checked. Right. All right. right. Now, who does this need to go to and, and then mm-hmm. hand it off?
1: Right. So they, we get the general PC, the magistrate documents in there. Then that, that folder then goes to a prosecutor to screen. Um, That prosecutor screens the file. They either decide whether they want to decline the case, which means they don't want to go forward with it, or they want to file the case, so we're going to go ahead and go forward with them. And there it kind of takes a multi prong kind of pathway. Um, That folder goes to DME, which is our Digital Multimedia Evidence Division. That division um, will then make all the requests of the agencies, um, other counties where we may have other certified records, for their criminal histories that we need to get from them um, and then that folder also goes to discovery. Discovery will send out the initial evidence to the, to the defense attorneys and then it starts moving its its way along the court system and then after we send out discovery it, it's, it's kind of in the court's hands after that.
0: So how is this helping to kind of get this backlog? Uh, is it that we're, we're screening through and saying uh, just this isn't worth it, you know, that let's go on ahead and you know drop the case? Or, mm-hmm. you know, is it that now we're speeding things up and, and we're looking at what we can do? I mean—
1: it's a combination of both. Uh, before, we were making sure that that whole folder for that one case was complete, like the prosecutor didn't have to ask for X, Y, or Z. Um, so now we're moving those cases a little bit faster because the, the prosecutors then have um, the magistrate documents, um, their probable cause affidavit, and an initial report that were given and so that's what the prosecutors use to screen and figure out is there enough evidence to go forward um if they if they don't think so they'll decline it or at that point in time too is like i really need a little bit more evidence i need to see the photos i need to see the videos then we'll also make that request as well too so that way they can review it further
0: and I guess you know to to kind of draw this back into why you're here today. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm always I'm interested to know about the changes and what's going on at the at the county level. But what are some you know we talked about this a little bit earlier? Is that you know what are some of the trends and things that you see happening within the JP courts? that are coming down now they're not necessarily you know what is done at the district attorney's office Mm -hmm. is not necessarily you know tried or anything at the JP courts they're 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 separate right correct and unless you have an appeal or something that comes up from the Mm -hmm. JP courts then it would go to a district court Mm -hmm. but what are some of the similarities in changes and things in the trends that you're seeing that are hitting the JP courts
1: you know, so the JP courts have their own pace. They're a little bit slower paced um, than normal. And a lot of the times, too, I shouldn't say a lot. Most of the time, um, it, you may have one arrest where you get arrested for, let's just say, driving while intoxicated. But you also assault your passenger for some odd reason. So there's a Class C ticket arising out of there, whether it's an assault or um, a possession of drug paraphernalia or anything like that, that's a class C ticket. You know, what what the process is, is that usually the district attorney's office will keep resetting that class C case until the higher charges is taken care of. And that's one thing that I kind of want to look at in working with the district attorney's office is, you know, can we resolve these class C tickets that are attached to higher cases sooner rather than just keep on resetting them? You know, because it, it does create a little bit of a backlog. And for for any other JPs to say they don't have a backlog, you know, it, it really it really is not accurate because anywhere in the court system you're going to have a backlog. We have a backlog in the office. It has diminished a l- tremendously from when Kelly and started and took and took office, you know. But the courts have backlog as well too, you know. So to for any of the courts to say no backlog exists that's unrealistic.
0: Uh, thank you for for kind of giving me a little bit of insight and our listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's important for them to know, and so. The position that you're running for mm-hmm. all right we're going to be you will uh have a primary mm-hmm. and the winner of this primary there is no uh republican uh, challenger in this race right now currently correct? That,
1: is, that is correct so whoever wins the primary will become the next JP unless
0: someone is a writing candidate or we have Mm -hmm. another and there there still could be Mm -hmm. before this but generally no the odds are not going Mm -hmm. to be there I I think I'm I'm 99% certain that that is going to be the case but I I just want to make sure people are aware that Mm -hmm. you know you can have a writing candidate you can have someone from one of the other parties Mm -hmm. that that possibly could go on ahead and file for the uh uh, November election Mm -hmm. Um, what are you doing out there right now to campaign what's uh, besides we talked a little bit before when you came in tonight that you are going everywhere you know to for these different meetings mm-hmm. but uh, do you have signs that you're putting up are you going around and meeting folks in the neighborhoods what are you hearing from them those kind of things I, mm-hmm. I always like those stories
1: yeah so uh, we have been putting up signs so every sign that you the big four by eights the big big ones with the T poles in them um, I have Personally driven, every single one of those in, so I I know I'm ready to put in the work, and I want to show that community. I want to show the community that I'm ready to put in that work. Um, Social media is also a big thing because um, Texas State is encompassed in our precinct as well too. So a lot of these students live in dorms or off campus in apartments. So a lot of them we can't go to and physically walk around and talk to them. So what we really do, what I'm really focusing on is is social media as well, too. So that's um, Facebook posts. And and like you mentioned, um, you do see me post stuff about the school district. But I post stuff community-wide as well, too, because I know I don't live in this little bubble where it's just all about San Marcos because you have to be able to share the knowledge, the wealth that you have, and make sure that people are aware of things um, that are going on in the community, whether it's in Dripping Springs or here in San Marcos, you know, I'm gonna share that information because the community needs to know what's going on. And just
0: because I do know kind of the answer on this, so those big signs, okay, with those cheap posts, those cost about, where are they at now, about $60?
1: Uh, yeah it depends on where you get them but yeah. generally it's about $60 a piece you know, if
0: you, well if you go with $50 mm-hmm. $60 on the sign but then you get the t-post and you got to get a you've got to borrow that you got to mm-hmm. get out there and drive those I mean you got mm-hmm. good muscles anyway <laughs> but i mean driving a t-post teaches you a lot about where the rocky soil is around the area i'll tell you mm-hmm. what uh and i still remember the time when they drove a t-post in up here at one of the uh polling locations uh, up here and uh hit a water uh, one of the sprinkler maids and oh, had yeah. that water shooting up it was like at one o'clock in the morning uh but the money has to come from somewhere mm-hmm. right and so you're out there raising money for your campaign mm-hmm. you've got people that are working with you in the campaign mm-hmm. uh, tell me a little bit about just you know briefly what have you learned from that
1: that my grandmother, my grandmother knows a lot of people. <laughs> she really. That's a, good, that's a good one. No, yeah. I mean, she has been an elected official. Well, she was an elected official here with the school district for 20 plus years. Um, so she is really well connected, and I am just absorbing all this wealth of knowledge from her. Um, you know, she's been really supportive. My family has been really supportive, and, you know, the community that has come out and helped me with my fundraisers and donated and and everything like I I am so much appreciate so much appreciative of everything they have done and it shows that you know I'm kind of on the right path that you know the community does believe in me they do see me as someone that can make a difference in this position because that's really ultimately what it kind of boils down to you know I if if elected, and I hate bringing this up sometimes, but I'm going to bring it up anyways. Um, if elected, I would be the first openly gay judicial officer mm-hmm. in um, the county and then in San Marcos as well, too. Um, you know, And that's not why I'm running. That's not what I, my, my platform yeah, you're, is. You're not
0: waving the flag. Let's oh, put it no, that way. Yeah. But it is, in this day and age, we we talk about these things, mm-hmm. and I don't know that it's you know you don't have to have the social stigma just to be because mm-hmm. this is you're right. This is mm-hmm. you know we are all neighbors, and we should be talking about these things mm-hmm. openly. Oh yeah, you know, nothing to be afraid of. Folks. Oh no, definitely totally. <laughs> not 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 for me at least. So um, let's take a quick minute here uh, to wrap this up tonight. But I want you, you know, how can people get in touch with you? How can they be part of your campaign? Mm-hmm. How can they talk to you and ask you personal questions about this?
1: Yeah. Um, so I am on Facebook. I have a campaign page. It's Nicholas Nico Costia for Hayes County. Justice of the Peace Precinct One Place One. Um, that's really where I mainly connect with everybody. Um, my personal phone number is on there. My um, my campaign email address is on there. It comes directly to my phone. Um, it doesn't go to anybody else. I'm the one that gets all those emails. Um, I do have a website that does have a link to my chip in, um, so that people can donate. Um, you know, but we, we are coming down to the last few weeks of this, uh, primary election cycle and,
0: um, so what are the dates that people need to know about early voting? Cause it, it is too late now to register to vote, correct? That is incorrect. So. No, I, okay. <laughs> correct me on that. Oh, I'm sorry. We do have a couple more days. I we forgot do. about that. We yes.
1: do. February 5th is the deadline to register to vote. Um, February 20th is the last day to request a mail-in ballot, and then um, going from there, February twentieth through March first is early voting, and we are the polls are open on Saturday and Sunday. That's the only weekend you can vote um, during early voting, and then primary election day is March fifth. Um, so we're looking forward to it.
0: All right, Nicholas Castillo, who is running for justice of the peace place precinct one place one. There we go. It took (laughs) me a couple times tonight. It's a tongue twister. Thank you for coming in on this Wednesday night and uh, we will be rebroadcasting this as part of the We the People shows and uh, throughout our programming. So listen in and we're also going to be putting this out there on our podcast and we'll have it out there on our social media. Nicholas, thank you for coming in. Good luck to you in the race and uh, keep us us informed. Love to have you back in the studio. Don't don't
1: be a stranger. Uh, I'll try not to. Thank you very much for
0: having right. me tonight. This KCSM, We the People, and again, this political commentary show, views expressed on the show, those of the host and the guests, and not necessarily those of KCSM or SMTX CRA. And KCSM and SMTX CRA, the governing board, are committed to to fair and equal uh time for all political candidates so if you would like to get on here before uh, the election please let us know or at any time and uh, we are here for you to accommodate thank you very much for tuning in today folks